Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. Tom Burgoyne, joined by my buddy, John Brazier. And, uh, John, let's. I'm going to bring her right on because it's a big day. I want to be the first one to wish Kate Scott, the play-by-play voice of the Sixers, Happy National Women's Day, uh, Women well, in women Sports and Day. And girls in and Sports girls Day. It's okay. Sports I get day. confused by it as well. But thank you. It's great to be yes. on with you guys. Yeah. Yes, and you are following Howard Askin, just to let you know. <laughs> so one one ray of sunshine to another, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Howard wasn't too miserable uh, oh. when we had him on. Yeah. He's talking about Charles Barkley, talking about, you know... Talking about all the celebrities he's hanging out with. Yeah. Well, uh, you're not going to get that from me. I don't know nearly as many celebrities as Howard, but it is great to be on with yeah, you Yeah, thanks for coming. I know you're busy, and actually, are you doing anything for National Women in Sports Day? Uh, or? I'm calling a Sixers game calling tonight. Work? She's yeah. working. Was it shoot around this morning and popped yeah. over? For folks who don't know where you guys, I don't know if you always record this here. Sometimes. But we most, are, most times. We are in the Phillies radio broadcast booth, so I'm looking down at home plate in a gorgeously empty i love empty ballparks and arenas right the calm before the storm yep at citizens bank park and john and i were just talking when he came down to get me outside that it's it doesn't feel like a winter day in philly it's sunny and gorgeous so when we interviewed howard eskin uh the field was covered in snow (laughs) raining and raining (laughs) miserable not not that that had any relation (laughs) to the guest Just kidding, now we're just kidding. But yeah, so shoot around this morning. Now popped over here to spend a, a lovely hour or whatever with you guys. And then and a big game uh, tonight Sixers too. Warriors yeah. tonight, right. side by side as we call them in the broadcast world. So ESPN picked it up and we're doing it as well. So we're broadcasting side by side as it were. Can I ask a stupid question too? Sorry. No stupid questions. Is, <laughs> bring is, them on. This could be a really stupid question. Like, where, I'll try to give a stupid answer Steph that. Steph as far as like, is he? Mm. I know he's towards the end of his career. Yeah, but he's is, getting up there. But... It, but you don't think this could be like this could could be it, right? This not, is not. This the wouldn't year. be the I last mean, time no, he's playing Steph, in Philly. I mean, Did Steph dropped thirty-seven yeah. on, oh, I know on the Sixers last week. He's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and we'll probably get to this, but you know the the cool thing for me now being old is uh, I worked for the Warriors and 49ers in San Francisco Giants radio flagship, and I got hired there the second year of Stephen Curry's career with the mm. Warriors, and I got hired here second year of our young Tyrese Maxey's career with the Sixers. And I I don't say it on air, and I'm not going to say too much right now because I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but I see so many similarities between just the humans that they are. I'm not saying that Tyrese is going to be the best shooter of all time, but the joy. Tyrese loves playing the game, and you guys know there's some guys who like getting the checks that they get from playing baseball, and then there's guys who just couldn't live without the sport. Tyrese is one of those. He plays with such joy. He understands the platform that he has. We see him taking advantage of it already with the turkey drives and stuff. So anyway, so I, 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 I... I know he's questionable tonight with illness, so who knows what's going to happen this evening. We, we had him on our broadcast. Now, Kate, yeah. we do a broadcast in the stands. Yep, yep. Uh, once, I saw that once one. Once a year. So, yes, we do it all over the ballpark. Tom McGinnis caught a foul or caught a home run ball, right? That's and impressive. We were out in left field, and Tyrese Maxey went in there. And I'm telling you, of all the celebrities that we've had brought in there, yeah. that's the one we needed the most security because everyone was super excited. The crowd went nuts. nuts. And for good reason. Just yeah. like you said, Kate, he, uh, you know, crowd, I think the, the fans really pick up on the fact that he loves doing yeah. what he's doing. And they're, and they're drawn to him, right? And it was Total. the same thing with Steph. And we kind of figured it was something about the fact that as opposed to a Joel Embiid or a LeBron James, who you see these incredible specimens, and you think to yourself, I mean, that's just, that's a superhero. 
Steph is 6'3", Tyrese about the same. They, they're more palatable. You yeah. can kind of yeah. think, Fans if this was my best day, yeah. I could maybe do what he's doing. Yeah, like so. with the Phillies, Larry Boa uh, was our shortstop. And he, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people could relate to him because he wasn't the biggest and brawniest guy. I got Larry's yeah. autograph when I was a little girl. Did you? Going to see a game at Candlestick because I was obsessed as a young girl with all sports and was that person who watched SportsCenter on repeat, the half-hour episodes. So I even knew, like, the first and third base coaches for the opposing teams, and I would get their old baseball cards, and we'd, go to, we'd only go to one, two games a year. That's all we could afford. But uh, I remember, Larry, Mr. Boa, would you would you come over here, please? I always tried to say Mr. and be nice, right? But it was me and a bunch of little boys. Right. He's like, who's the little girl yelling oh, at me? He was so kind, came over, signed my card. So you know he never played high school baseball? Stop uh, it. Hank Aaron never played high school baseball either. Yes. Uh, probably different cases. Larry Boa did not play, didn't make his high school team. Wow. Played Legion or whatever he did, you know, mm-hmm. when you're not playing school ball. And he went to a college and he ended up uh, playing. Someone got the attention of somebody. And we sent a scout out to see a doubleheader uh, of Larry. He got kicked out of the first game. I think he got kicked out of the second <laughs> game. And when he when the scout came back, he said, how was that Boa kid? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I didn't see him. Well, didn't you come out, go out there to go scout him? He's like, yeah, he got kicked out of both games. <laughs> he got kicked out of the games. No surprise what there. What not to do when a scout comes to watch you. Okay, you've already uh, talked about a little bit then. So uh, I'm fascinated by a young Kate Scott. I mean, obviously love sports, huh? Yeah, so and obsessed. You know, uh, and reading a little bit more about, uh, you know, your bio, uh, heavy with your announcing on uh, basketball, football, soccer. I didn't see too much baseball. But when you were a kid, yeah. did you love playing uh, all the I, sports? I played all the sports and I loved baseball growing up I think I I, I don't know if it's a safe space it's been a number of years now it's been almost a decade but I I was born and raised a San Francisco Giants fan Will Clark was my guy I mean I dressed up as Will or at least what I thought was Will you know with eye black (laughs) under my eyes and the hat pulled low in the lefty stance from like ages five to nine or something I still remember crying when the Giants decided to keep Robbie Thompson and let Will walk I was like how can you do this to me that that was the first time my dad had to sit me down and say, so, sweetie, uh, this is a business. They're professional <laughs> sports. They don't really care. Is that the last time you cried? That was actually the last time I cried. Yeah. Well, well, I, cr- I, I cried when they, we traded Glenn Wilson, but I was in college. So <laughs> <laughs> that was, well, Will Clark almost <laughs> made me good. cry because we were playing, I think uh, he was playing with the Orioles, and we had Stone Cold Steve Austin oh my taking, gosh. taking batting <laughs> practice. Stone Cold. Terry Francona was supposed to throw to Stone Cold. And Terry Francona said, Brazier, I got a couple meetings. Can you just start to throw to him? and then I'll come out in 15 minutes. Well, next thing you know, it's a WWE camera that's filming it. The Orioles start coming out. Our guys start coming out. I'm in my khakis and golf shirt, whatever I'm throwing. Will Clark says, hey, buddy, why don't you throw it a little harder? And I'm looking at him like, come on, man. That sounds like Will. And And you cried? Well, I tried to throw as hard as as I could, and I think I lost a grip on the ball, and it went right at Stone Cold. Like He had to give him a little chin music, and Stone Cold ran at me with a bat in his hand, and I ran out to the right field crying like a baby. Television gold. That was TV gold. But, yeah, I played all the sports. I grew up in a a, a great street, central California, so I didn't grow up in the Bay Area. A lot of folks think I did. But small town USA, I'm sure a lot of people in Pennsylvania could relate. ton of kids on my street. I had a basketball hoop we had bases spray painted in the street because there was so many kids again so you got home from school you threw your stuff inside you had a quick snack and then you ran outside and you asked it was mostly boys and me what are we playing are we playing hoop are we playing baseball we had street hockey stuff I remember we all coordinated one Christmas okay 
you ask for a net. I'm going to ask for sticks. <laughs> you get some pucks. Nice. So, yeah, I was just obsessed with everything. And then once I started to be able to play organized sports, which actually wasn't till later because I'm 40, so it wasn't, hey, you're seven. You look like you could have right. a future in this. Let's get you into all the travel sports. Right. Did you play so, high school sports? So I played four high school sports. Uh, starting my freshman year, I was varsity tennis, um, basketball, soccer, and track and field. Wow. So I, and I thought that I was going to go to – to college on a soccer scholarship. Soccer was my travel sport. And then, <laughs> like something that's going on right now with the Sixers, I tore my meniscus uh, playing soccer, my uh, lateral meniscus in my right knee my junior year. Junior year. Uh, yeah. And that obviously is a really important time for recruiting. Yeah. But it was a great uh, – it, it was – I, I know athletes say this after they retire from professional sports, but it was the first death of a dream that I had to deal with at 16 because I thought, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a soccer scholarship, play four years. I'm going to catch the uh, attention of the U.S. Women's National Team because there was no women's pro leagues when I right. was little. So it was, I'm going to play for the U.S. Women's National Team. I'm going to win a World Cup. I'm going to win a gold medal. Like That's going to be my career. Then all of a sudden at 16, that was gone. But in retrospect, blessing in disguise because for the first time in my life, uh, I was able to pause and say, okay, I'm actually burnt out on soccer. I've been doing every sport, every minute of every day. What else do I love? And thankfully, I had good advisors in high school, and one of them said, Kate, I just want to point out to you, you're on the microphone at our men's soccer games when you're not playing. You, you're in high school. A, a, in high school. Right. You do the morning announcements. Every, everybody, please rise for the patriotic mm. selection. Um, <laughs> you're you're on the microphone leading cheers at our Friday night football games, which wasn't something a woman yeah. had done before. You know, doing Clovis spellouts and stuff. And and then senior year, I finally had time, and I started writing for the school newspaper and started writing sports, and I fell in love with it. And Mr. Schmalzel said, why don't you think about going to college and looking into sports journalism? Mm. And that was the first time I, truly that I'd thought about it because it was 2001 and there was very few women who I knew doing this because there was no social media. So unless they were on ESPN, which there was a few, um, or they were Bonnie Bernstein, you know, sideline reporting for CBS or Leslie Visser or Andrew Kamer, there was less than 10 women. So I never saw and, myself and doing this. And at that this. point, really none in play-by-play. No, Certainly none. Uh, anchoring right. and sidelines, exactly. play-by-play. Yeah. You eventually. Yeah. And and, and they were, I mean, I'll be honest, they were beautiful. They were so polished. And I was this ragtag little tomboy. So even if I would have thought, I, I just didn't see myself in those women because they were so different than me. So I just thought, I'm going to be a teacher. My mom's a special education teacher. I want to impact the next generation. Um, but then thanks to Mr. Schmazel, I went to Cal, UC Berkeley, thinking, okay, maybe I'll look into this journalism thing and see where that goes and then you were on i was reading somewhere the mike squad was it uh, <laughs> at berkeley yep yep so they were called young leaders before me but then all of a sudden this chick walks in who wants <laughs> to do something that had only been guys they were the mike men so the microphone men who led yeah, yeah. led cheers at the football games and basketball games uh and yeah so i i went to a cal football game and i it was exactly what I was doing at my high school, right? Leading cheers. Yeah, Lead a Cal perfect. spell out. Defense bears. Defense. But you had to understand the sport of football. Yeah, yeah. So apparently. And, and that wasn't the band the game, though. Remember, wasn't Cal involved that, in the band that game? That was. When no, the, when November 1982. And the band over, yeah. is on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that was. the end zone. So, you know, you know, you grew up in that area. Did you always want to go to Cal or uh, was that the dream? No, I, I didn't know where I wanted to go, actually. Um, and then uh, I was in leadership in high school, <laughs> whatever that means. But uh, uh, and freshman year, our advisor actually grew up in the Berkeley area. 
So we took one of our road trips, our little leadership class of 30 kids, the freshman and sophomore and junior class president and all those things. And we went to Berkeley. And which I was how far away? Like how far away? Is three Berkeley hours. Grew up? Yeah. Oh, so, oh, I, so I grew up Fresno Clovis, which is where Fresno okay. State is, um, which is about right in the middle of the state. Five hours north of L.A., three hours south of the Bay Area. Okay. And I remember going to Berkeley. And again, I grew up small town. A lot of us look the same, a lot of churches, a lot of religion, and all of a sudden I step out of this van in Berkeley, (laughs) and there's tie-dye, and there's music, and I remember thinking to myself, I have no idea what this is, but this is awesome, and I want to be a part of this. Tom and I are both music fans, they have one of the best music venues, the Greek Theater. Yes, sir. I I saw a band called the String Cheese Incident (laughs) at the Greek Theater. They still perform there. One of the best (laughs) concerts I've ever seen. Yeah, no, some of the best acoustics. That was actually built into the hill. I'm sure you probably know the story, but just before it was built, somebody was standing there probably 100 years ago and just started talking and said, wow, the acoustics in this spot. So if you ever get out to California and see a concert, screw, screw LA's Greek theater. That is, that's not a great viewing experience. Yeah. But, Greek. but Berkeley, I actually saw Tom Petty uh, yeah. and the Heartbreakers there a year or so before he passed and Black Crows and lots of good concerts there. But anyway, what were we talking and about, And you're guys? rolling, right? Sports journalism, you're cruising and you're getting to do uh, just a lot of reporting early on in your career, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. that's all I thought that there was. I thought yeah. there was, as we just discussed, sideline reporting, maybe anchoring. So I wrote for a website that wrote about Cal. Uh, there was a magazine as well. I was doing the yell leading, so I was traveling with the football and basketball teams. So I was in it. I was an RA because, again, <laughs> as my wife says, I'm a big nerd for some reason some people think I'm not but yeah so I was part of the rally committee with the the Cal victory cannon up on the hill and the flags at football games I was just immersing myself in as much of the sports and culture awesome. going, to sh- going to right shows there, in Berkeley going to I shows went to in San parties at Drexel. <laughs> I know, you know I went started, to hoop games but I'm starting to think it. the same thing right I was in a secret <laughs> drinking society it's the only thing I was good at and then right after that mm-hmm. right after college you joined Metro Networks, which yeah. what, that must have been a great gig. <laughs> you got so much great experience. So there. much experience, yeah. So the one, uh, so I'd written, I'd started doing a little bit of TV as like the student reporter for the Cal Highlight Show before the Pac-12 Network existed, and everybody was telling me, "You've got a great voice, Kate, and you know a lot about sports, and we can tell you don't care as much about the makeup, so maybe you should look into radio, <laughs> because that's where knowledge and personality and stuff can." can really lead you to a break. Um, So I did an internship on just an FM morning show right after I graduated, and I thought, this is so fun. Waking up at 3 a.m. was not fun, (laughs) but this is fun. They just get to talk and give each other a hard time for four hours. And uh, as soon as I finished that, because I was already done with school, I knew I had to figure out a way to keep my foot in the door. So I just, I asked everybody at the station, what do you think the next step is? And they said, well, we have some overnight board ops who are the people who push the buttons who keep the music going overnight. And they said, but we also, there's some openings at traffic right now. That's what we called it. So Metro Traffic. It was just the station. It was the organization that did the traffic reports on all the stations in the Bay. This was before Waze and Google and stuff where you could get traffic on your phone. This is where you tuned in every 10 minutes to that one station in your city to find out what was going on on 676. Why are we not moving? Um, And I interviewed and I was hired as a producer. And I came to find out years later that I was their test case. They'd never hired a young kid hmm. before. They'd never hired just an intern. But apparently I did well enough that uh, they hired a number of interns after me. And a couple years after that, 
trained in the airplane as a as a backup airborne reporter and just was doing traffic on every station told him sports was what I wanted to do so when the sports guys were off on on Christmas and New Year's and all all the days that nobody really wants to work I was like 5 a.m. on Christmas nice. let's go can't wait go to talk about the bowl but that's games. what you need to do you yeah. have yeah. to have at that For age sure. in that industry exactly. you have to be willing to do everything exactly right? and I did I just right. said yes to everything my parents hated it but they they understood so you basically have covered almost all the sports. I know, and you're, <laughs> yep. I mean, literally you've done pretty much every sport. Mm-hmm. You did NHL, you've done uh, basketball. Yeah. Are, w- is there one sport that you're kind of, uh, or when you're learning, that you're more nervous about maybe because you didn't play or maybe you didn't, did you have to study a little more? Yeah, yeah, definitely, because I played basketball. And I, I think basketball and soccer are, are sports that are, are very similar, similar regardless of the gender you're playing, right? Like, uh, women may not play above the rim like guys do, but very similar sports. Same with soccer. Guys can head the ball further, and the game looks a little bit different, but they're, they're the same. But there's a big difference, as you guys probably know, to watching a sport as a fan and then having to be the knowledgeable voice calling it to a lot of people who've probably played. So so football and hockey, especially when I got thrown into that fire. But I grew up watching it as well, so I had a baseline. But then there there is a difference where you have to study more. But I tell this to kids all the time. Uh, we're all born knowing exactly the same about sports, which is squat, guys or girls. And we either learn through watching as a fan or, or studying, just like all the other s- subjects that we had to study in school, math and science and stuff. So you can learn a sport Maybe not to the exact degree as somebody who played it, but if you are willing to ask a lot of questions right. and immerse yourself in yep. the culture and, and not be afraid to do or say silly things because you're trying to learn it, then I think you can well, figure things out. Well, I think a lot out. of things, too, and I don't know who to give initial credit to, but maybe Chris Berman or even you go back to Dandy Don and, and Howard or Howard uh, Cosell, Cosell. Yeah. That, that it's almost become – it's right now it's almost – it's entertainment. What is, is it? Entertainment is it sports? Is it yeah. both? You know what I mean? Because yeah. you've got to be. You can't just be do the straight. You know, play by play and analyst. You got to bring some flair. You got to bring some color. You got to bring. Yeah. Have some fun. Or else people are changing the channel. Right. And that and that's what Al and I say. I think he sums it up perfectly, especially when it comes to basketball. That we are the Broadway show of sports because it's indoors. You're rarely, if ever, canceled. It's going to be two and a half hours overtime, a couple more minutes, but it doesn't add a huge chunk of time. People are in or out, and and. And the entertainment, you know, I mean, really, the entertainment they have coming in and on and off the the court, it really is a Broadway show. Music during the game, T-shirts being thrown at your face. You better pay attention during a timeout while I'm trying to highlight my stat sheet because there could be, you know. And you're down there. I mean, you're you're pretty far, right? We're we're up here in Philly. But but you're not. We're not not too high. You're not up like we are. Yeah. No, not calling a baseball, football, or hockey You're like in the middle of the middle of the court, I guess, the lower level. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. 20 rows up. Some arenas we are. I feel like I'm calling a hockey or football mm. game, but that's when the experience comes so in. So talk about the uh, transition into doing play-by-play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was uh, <laughs> it was an interesting one because I'd, I'd worked so hard to get good at sideline reporting because, again, I thought that was my ceiling. Uh, and finally got a, a couple of people to pass my tapes along to some folks at the national networks, ESPN and CBS. And all the talent people there said, this is good. Have you ever considered play-by-play? Truly, three or four different people who I'd never met, all of them said that. And I thought was, crap. you serious? Like, I've worked so hard to get here. I feel like they're all telling me something. If I dive into this, it's going to pause my career for a few years because I'm going to have to learn a new skill and then 
get proficient at it before I'm able to get good at it. Do I want to do this? And I'm so glad that I made that decision, that the answer was yes. Um, Because as they said, they said, you have a great voice. We can tell you really know all of these sports. And this is kind of the final frontier, we think, for women in sports broadcasting. But we're just missing an entire generation because there was Gail Searns who called the first NFL game and then Beth Mullins and Pam Ward and stuff. But then this huge break. And I thought to myself, well, I do... My favorite thing is being as close to the action as possible. So anchoring's great. I love all my friends who do it, but you're in a studio. You're removed from the game. Love sideline reporting, but you do all this work, and then maybe you're on for two or three minutes. Whereas you could be the voice of an entire game, maybe the voice of someone's career-high 70 points or, or a country's moment at a World Cup. And I just thought, okay, yeah, let's, let's dive and in and do this. And you can bring your personality into it as opposed exactly. to the short quick exactly yeah so uh and thankfully one of the many people i worked with when i was at cal got uh, hired to produce a high school football package in the bay area so 13 high school football games there was an a game which was live on friday night and then he asked me to call the b games which were live to tape so we would tape them on friday night just like it was live but then cut it down to 90 minutes or whatever and air the next night and he asked me to do it and i (laughs) i cussed at him and said you're crazy (laughs) i've never done this before and he said yeah I know, but this is where everybody starts. All the guys I'm hiring right now suck. They've never done this before either. Come out, call a game. If you hate it, you never have to do it again. I'll hire somebody else to call next week. How'd you feel that very first night? uh, Oh, I was terrified. Terrified, and then listening to the tape after the game. (laughs) It's so bad. Is it? Is it, though? John, Kate is unbelievable. I know, but how bad could it be? But I think you're you're, terrified. You're you're your biggest critic. Oh, and and I still am. It's so funny when people, you know, ask about the comments and the haters. I'm like, I, I... I am relentlessly self-critical. I don't think you get to be here if right. you're not. So yeah. what you say, okay, but how I feel about the way I called that. But there was one deep shot in the game that I that I got correct. I knew the wideout who was running down the field, and I was like, Houston drops back. He's got a man. He connects. And this, you know, and in that moment, I felt the rush that I used to feel playing right. sports. Yeah. And I thought, okay. As, as a whole, this broadcast has probably sucked pretty bad, but that play, if I can do that more and more and more and get reps. And you just said that naturally. You're not thinking of ahead of time before the game. If someone right. catches a no. long pass, I'm saying, how am no. I going to call it? You right. gotta, you gotta, if you do that, similar to being an athlete, if you're thinking you're going to be too late, you right. just have to react. You have to call what you see. And some days the brainwaves are working a little bit faster yep. than others. But So that play really showed me, okay, that was good. You nailed it. Maybe your voice didn't sound exactly like you wanted it to. We'll work on all those little intricacies, but that was awesome. So if I can find a way to get better at this and make money at this, I would love to make this my career. Yeah. And then, you know, well, I love it, Kate, you know, first to do play-by-play uh, for an NFL game on the radio, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, how did that opportunity come about? Because <laughs> the Niners are crazy. Um, but <laughs> well, they must have, you know, yeah, you well, taken the was, Bay Area by storm. Yeah, well, and <laughs> I, I had, I joked that I had to leave because I'd worked for Truly every team in every station. Right, um, right. But it's really fun because so many of them are rooting me on and paying attention to the Sixers. We're their, we're their East Coast team now. They're saying that they're cheering for the Warriors. So tonight will be a fun one for them, um, but also cheering yeah. for the Sixers. But, yeah, so I was working, as I mentioned, for the 49ers and Warriors and Giants radio flagship station. 
Um, I was their sports update anchor on two shows, so from 5 a.m. to noon. So I do the morning show with Murph Mack and the 9 to noon show with Gary and Larry. That one was simulcast on television. So I got a ton of exposure from those things and had a blast, and the guys truly let me have an open mic. I was like a third wheel. So when they were saying something that I thought was stupid, I would chime in and tell them that I thought they were stupid. And um, I, So they always would talk about what else I was doing. So you did, how was the De La Salle call you had last night, Kate? And then I started reporting for the earthquakes and was doing all these things. So it was 2016, the Rio Olympics, and Ted Robinson, who's a national voice, I think a lot of people probably know, um, but Ted was the radio play-by-play of the 49ers at that time. He went down to call diving at the Rio Olympics, so Bob Fitzgerald, who's the voice of the Golden State Warriors, would do radio during the preseason because those are the only NFL games you get on TV locally, right? Yep. Yep. So, uh, but because Ted was gone, they bopped, they popped Bob up to television and they had an opening on radio. And come on, it's preseason football night. There's <laughs> the one job you don't want to do is radio preseason football. Here's 90 guys on each right. side and the starters are probably not going to play they're at all. They're two number 88s, exactly. they're two number 97s. But they, the 49ers had heard me for a number of years yeah. just working and the fact that I was calling games. So called me into the program director's office one day and uh, Lee Hammer's his name. He's like, hey, Kate, the 49ers are on speakerphone. And uh, Bob Lang, who's now back out here with yep. the Eagles. It's so There's Love so many Bob. Philly, San Francisco ties. So Bob was on it and Bob Sargent as well. And they were like, hey, Kate, we're big fans. And we just wondered if you, you might want to call the first two preseason games for us because Ted's going to be down in Rio. And I, I cussed. I said, you're full of S, guys. You're, is, this, <laughs> is it April Fool's? And they said, no, we, we think you're great. We'd, we'd love to have you do it. So that was the first foray into it. And it was terrifying because I always put too much pressure on myself. Mm. Like you were saying, women haven't called things. So... I know how big it is when I did get the opportunities, and I didn't want to suck and set our gender back 25 years. So I, I threw my everything into prepping yeah. for those games. That's awesome. And then you did uh, the Olympics came uh, 2020, yep. right, in Tokyo. Yep. yep. And you were asked to do play-by-play for men's and women's basketball. Yeah, yeah. For, for all the uh, international teams. So the aforementioned Bob Fitzgerald um, did the U.S. men's and women's. And then for <laughs> they asked me to, and this was before the Sixers. This was kind of my uh, audition for the Sixers that I didn't know because I interviewed right. before literally the day that I was flying out to Connecticut because we called them in little telephone booths in Stanford, Connecticut in the overnight hours because it was COVID. COVID so none of sure. us went to Tokyo. Um, but yeah, I was calling two to three games a night at... 9 p.m. and midnight and, and that can't be easy either because you got Latvian names and Lithuanian yeah. names. Oh, yeah. Tough, and right? men and women. And I was working right. with Fran Fischilla on the men's side and Monica McNutt on the women's side. It was, uh, again, trial by fire. But it was one of those things, once I got through it, I thought it just it was another step that helped me build my confidence so that when the Sixers called, I thought, okay, let's do this. Sixers called. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. You know, it's funny to me, too, uh, that it seems like a lot of – groundbreaking especially women in sports in particular uh, happen out in the west coast and then it kind of right. does <laughs> it does kind of make its way slowly to the east coast here yeah well, well i always knew that this was um the center of the media world and yeah. the sports world so earlier in my career i made a point to come out here and just truly shake the hands and introduce myself of some executives at NBC Sports because a dream of mine was to call Olympics. And I knew our games are 8 o'clock on the West Coast. So, yes, East Coast bias is real, but also people have to sleep out here. Right. So it wasn't that they weren't trying to watch me, but if they read my name, oh, Kate Scott calling 49ers games. Oh, Kate doing this for the Pac-12 Network. Yeah. 
I, I knew that wouldn't have as much of an impact as them meeting me in person and saying, okay, I know who this is now. Now I'm going to pay attention. I mean, you're such a great role model for, you know, I have a daughter who's 16 years old and her school is great because they, they really kind of uh, push the boundaries and they make uh, kids do things that they're uncomfortable doing, speaking in public yeah. and other things, which I didn't have uh, growing up. And, but what a great story. Your story itself is just as far as, you know, doing all the grunt work, accepting every challenge, you know, fearlessly, yeah. and then taking every assignment, knowing that maybe in your head, you might not be, you know, perfect at it, Mm-mm. but you know what? You can't get perfect at it until you, until you immerse yourself into it. Yeah. Right. And it's such a great message for girls, kids, anybody, for you know, sure. that's growing up, trying yeah. to pursue any career, any career, yeah. because failure is such a big part of it. And that's why I always come back since it's national girls and women in sports day. I always come back to playing sports and the things you learn playing sports, right? There's very few kids, man or woman, who are going to go pro in their sport, but how to deal with failure. Yep. If you're playing baseball, how many times are you striking out a game? If you're playing basketball, how many shots are you missing? Same with soccer. Yep. I miss that tackle. How right. to be a good teammate. How to, so I, I hate this chick, okay? But I, if, if we want to yep. win this game, I've got to find a way to hit her with a through ball and so we can score. So dealing with all different personalities when it comes Respecting to Respecting authority. Because you have coaches, and some coaches are are the people that are patting you on the back. Some coaches are the ones screaming at you, and you have to deal with each one of them. Resiliency, when you roll an ankle, when you tear your meniscus, when stuff happens. So, so much of what I learned being an athlete, even though it was decades ago now, and even though I only played through high school, I'm so thankful for it because it helped me in those moments where I was doing morning radio until noon and then driving two hours up to Sacramento and sleeping in my car and finding a Target bathroom that I could do my hair and makeup in and then doing sideline <laughs> on a high school football game that night and then getting back home at one in the morning. And I was feeling nauseous because I was so exhausted, but I just, and I still don't know if it was what I needed to do to get here, but I'm pretty convinced that it was. So I just told myself, just keep going, lean into all the things you learn playing sports, just one foot in front of the other. This is going to lead somewhere. Keep going. All right, so let's take you to the moment. Okay. You get the call from the Sixers that they want you to be there, yeah. the first female uh, play-by-play. What was going through your head, and uh, what was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people have seen the reaction now. I'm not sure how much cussing we do on this broadcast. <laughs> I, I tried to keep it to a minimum, um, but I, I truly didn't. Uh, I love the interview process uh, after the Olympics, they, they flew me out here for a day for a quick audition. Alla was sick, so Mark Jackson was awesome and filled in, and we kind of called a fake game together, did a fake open, which is that two-minute segment at the start of programs when we're on camera, uh, and went out to lunch with everybody afterwards. So I had a feeling that I was making it close to the end, but I still just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that Philly would really have the guts to hire someone so different from <laughs> from Mark Zumoff and just from uh, the people that all of us have listened to and watched for all of our years, right? Every person that I watched growing up and listened to, all my favorite broadcasters are men. So I thought, okay, this is another amazing experience. Be really proud of yourself for making it as far as you have. And I was expecting the call to be, man, we loved meeting you. you fu- your future's so bright. Best of luck. Um, so I was truly, uh, it's, I think it's one of the few times in my life where I've been just shocked and blown away. And I was actually at an airport ready to fly because I was calling a college football package with Mike Golick Sr., former Philadelphia sure. Eagle, that yeah. fall, which was a, a huge, another huge step in the right direction for my career. 
and I was boarding a flight to someplace in Oklahoma or Texas and truly like almost getting onto the plane and my phone rings and I saw who it was two one five and I thought, okay, here's the, here's the thanks, but no thanks call. <laughs> and then, yeah, they said mm, we, I, they usually call your agent and your agent is the one that calls you. But they said, we, we thought it, this was just a very special moment for all of us. So we wanted to call you personally and tell you that we would love for you to be the next voice of the Philadelphia 76ers. And you had been out to uh, Philadelphia, you had mentioned before, but uh, how well did you know the market? How well did you know uh, the history of the franchise? I know you're a big Allen Iverson fan, right? So so that's big, but were you... Uh, familiar with the city at all? Uh, just a little bit. Interestingly, I, I feel like my career was kind of leading me here. So I called tons of stuff on the West Coast and in the Bay Area. And then the now defunct NBC Sports Network, NBCSN, right, which had hockey for a number of years. But they also covered some A-10 hoop. So after I flew out years ago just to shake hands with people at NBC and Stanford, um, didn't ask for a job, just truly wanted them to know who I was. So if they ever saw my name, they would be able to put, put a face to a name. And out of nowhere, they asked me to call a couple of A-10 women's games. And the first game I called was at St. Joe's. Ah, and, and then they asked me to call one at LaSalle. Uh, and huh. so, so I... I you know, when you fly to some place for the first time, it's really your hotel, the arena, the right. rental car place, and maybe you can walk around a little bit and try to get to know that area. Um, but it's funny in retrospect looking back and saying, I feel like my, my career was kind of leading me here. But yeah, as far as what I knew about the place, I knew um, my really good friend, Kate Fagan, covered the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. So uh, she was one of the first people I reached out to when the process started, and she said, Philly is such an underrated city, Kate. Like, everybody talks about New York and Chicago, but I think you would love Philly. I think you'd be a great fit. You have that blue-collarness that it does, kind of the chip on its shoulder, and the fact that everybody, not not just sports fans, everybody cares about sports here, and that's that's what I always was, to, to a point of annoying some folks out in California <laughs> who just wanted me to calm down. Uh, I mean, some Cal football players joked back in the day when they'd bat down a pass, come over to the sideline and be like, bro, why didn't you catch that? You could have intercepted. You could have had a pick six. Um, so it, it felt like um, a really good fit to me. I knew it was going to be a huge hurdle for a lot of people who lived here to get over and understand that, but I feel more and more like people are seeing that. That, that I have a lot of the gritty and resiliency and blue-collarness that, that this city is about. And then when it comes to the Sixers, I mean, when you're growing up an NBA fan in the 80s like I was, even though they'd won their championships before, there's like five or six franchises, right? It's the Sixers, it's the Celtics. At that time, because of Michael and Scotty and stuff, there was the Bulls, the Lakers, and like... Yeah. You know, throw in another one that was good that year. Yeah. The, the Supersonics were good when I was growing up, but but it, the Sixers were like the pinnacle when you think of a storied franchise in the NBA for me. So then your first game with the Sixers, right? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you got butterflies. Oh, you, my even gosh. Even though you've done <laughs> tons of things before, this kind of brought you to this moment. Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, I assume you knew Ala. A little bit, right? Yeah. But not not tons, are there? No, no, because we hadn't, uh, again, we didn't audition together. I met him at Media Day, which was, you know, a couple weeks before. And we hit it off instantly. So that was wonderful. And uh, I can't say enough about what a great partner he is because you guys know. You can, yeah. you can fake it. Once you get to this level, you're professional enough that you can fake it and make people think that you get along. But I think you can also really tell the people who Agreed. do well, we're get sitting, along. We're sitting in the radio booth right now, and Scott Fransky and L.A. are perfect example of that. Yeah. They truly are yeah, great, yeah. Friends, great friends. And it shows on the radio. Yeah. Uh, you can hear it 
and, Easily. And yeah. we're sitting in the Richie Ashburn radio and booth, Harry which, uh, of course, Richie. Harry and Richie yeah. made a, a career of And now Tom Burgoyne and John Brazier. Yeah, John Brazier. <laughs> of course, we're, that, we're in that yeah, same Yeah, but John's pantheon. annoying, Kate. I got to tell you. <laughs> but see, that's how you know it's true friendship, when you can tease each other on the air, right? You can always tell if there's no real teasing. You're, I don't know yeah, if they really true. get along. But yeah, first game, I, I truly don't remember. It was such a blur because in addition to it just being my first game here, there was so much of a media blitz because I'm a woman. So uh, truly the whole first year is a blur. Like all the jokes with me now, it was survive in advance that entire season for me because I was doing multiple podcasts every week and interviews for TV stations. And when we'd go to other markets, those markets would want to interview me. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to adjust to the speed and physicality of NBA basketball and being a woman and have everybody hate me. So (laughs) there was, there was a lot going on that first year. Did you list, did you, pay attention to social media or, or do you just kind of some people just avoid all that yeah and some yeah people well and it's so saying. hard because I, i'm not on the x or the twitter or whatever it's called anymore um but i loved using it because uh, as i was telling you guys like getting autographs as a kid to cut out the middleman and i knew that having the, the woman on the radio in San Francisco or the woman calling my games or now the play-by-play announcer of the Sixers. I knew if I was just some kid or fan and all of a sudden that person responded to what I said, that that built a connection and that could help me build, as I like to say, kind of my army of supporters behind me. And I also love explaining things, kind of taking people behind the scenes, but in able to respond to the good tweets, I had to also read the bad ones. So, right. so yeah, I did see a lot of it, and you try to you try to ignore as much of it as you can, but, but you still see it. But it is, I mean, night and day from that first game to now. Um, and, and again, I, I'm on it a lot less now because I don't need to be as much anymore. And, right. and my focus this year, year three, is, okay, now let's get as great as we can at this so that hopefully in the next three to five years, uh, I'm, I'm considered one of the better voices in the NBA. That's my next goal. So we'll see. And I love the creativity, like the... Uh, <laughs> Bang, bang, niang, right? <laughs> you came up with that one, right? How did nobody say that before? Yeah. That was my know. question. How did nobody in college at Iowa well, State Mark, drop a bang, Zoom bang, off, George uh, You know, had certain oh, so taglines. Coming so, in for a landing, yep, right? Garbage yeah. to gold. Turning garbage into gold. Yep, yep. Locking all windows but and you, doors. But you, I think, done it very – it's not forced, Kate. Uh, and I think people, after Mark kind of had uh, groomed our fans yeah. to kind of have – you know, with certain sayings, I think your own sayings just fit perfectly. Wow. Boom, yeah. boom, yeah. batoom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not sure about that one, and Nico hasn't played that much. But, yeah, fans fans were uh, itching for that one, so we dropped a couple of boom, boom, Nico batooms. <laughs> can you talk to Coach and say, hey, can you put him in a little more? I need to, I I need to get his can, name can out there Can all the more? guys be in there a little right. bit more right now? Holy you, cats. you mentioned the travel. I mean, this is the middle of your season, yeah. uh, literally. And uh, how's that? You, you've uh, been a, uh, grown accustomed to the travel and yeah, but it's the craziness. Ex- it's exhausting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I uh, you know, we just got back from our West Coast road trip, and we were in five different states for five games wow. in eight days. Yeah. And there was a back-to-back between Portland and Golden State, and we were in three different time zones. We started in the east, then went to the. So it, uh, it, it is as incredible as as possible right we travel on a charter we stay in really nice hotels there's food at the hotels and the team meal room 
but you're still a human right. getting into cities at three in the morning sure. yeah. and then having to wake up and prep as hard as you can for the game that night. And the, as opposed to baseball, uh, the team changes every day. So there's a lot more prep than, OK, I'm going to it was a late night here at the ballpark, but I, I get the same guys tomorrow. May have a different pitcher, maybe a different guy in left field, but same team. How will you use your all-star break? Because that's coming up. You can just <laughs> rest for 72 Rest hours. and relaxation. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. This is when you make it up to your spouse that you've been traveling incessantly right. for the last four months. So, yes. yeah, we're going to go. We're going to get away for, uh, for a few Good. days and just kind of relax and detach. And nice. what's a, Nick Nurse, we had Nick here. Uh, Nick threw out the first pitch. I know. Did a, did a great job. Did a little of the Kimbrel, right? Yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> he, yeah, he, yeah, said, yeah. he said, can I do this? I'm like, do whatever you want, It was Nick. so great. And, yeah, I, you know, great. it's great because he coached basketball in Manchester, mm-hmm. England. And I coached lacrosse in Manchester, England. You did? Right. So we talked about, you know, some of the towns and we talked about just how the fans over there or the people over there, the di- different cultures. And yeah. when they say unlucky, you saw, probably saw Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. When they say unlucky, if you make a bad mistake, they say unlucky. Well, it's not unlucky. It's a bad, <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> pass. Screwed up. Right? It's almost like a passive aggressive kind of unlucky. Oh, a bit too heavy on the touch. No, that was actually just a really just bad a dribble. Really bad, right. Exactly right. But also, what is your relationship with Nick and what's yeah. your relationship with some of the players, Joel, and, and you talked yeah. about Tyrese before. Yeah, well, uh, start with Nick. I think we're so lucky to have him here in Philly. He was uh, the guy that I was hoping Daryl and Elton and company would go out and get because he was the guy who frustrated Joel Embiid the most in the postseason and, and in the years uh, – uh, before he got here, and I, I, he wrote a book um, called Rapture, after the Raptors, unfortunately. Made it past the Sixers a number of years ago to win that NBA championship, and uh, I have told him personally that there's, even though we're obviously very different people, there's so many parallels, because he had to grind his tail off to get right. here. As you mentioned, like, basketball in England is not the thing. Right. Uh, it is soccer, and that's it. So he was in the BBL, for years. And then when he came over here, he had to work in the D League, now G League, for years. And then he was an assistant coach in Toronto. So he coached 30 years before he got his first head coaching opportunity. And it was because Dwayne Casey got fired in Toronto and they decided, well, it's yeah, this time of the season, you're kind of running the offense, you do it. But don't screw it up, or this will probably be your last chance at being a head coach. So he has that blue-collar mentality. Yep. He's extremely grateful. He never stops working, and so I, I'm really happy that he's here. Uh, he treats all of us top to bottom as important members of the staff, which is really cool. And then when it comes to the players, yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Um, you know, I've covered, as we've talked about, Pretty much every sport at every level at this point, and there's there's prima donnas and jerks at every level, high yep. school all the way up through pros, and you're thinking, yourself, you're 15, but, <laughs> um, so I wasn't sure what kind of team I was walking into, and the guys have been awesome to me, um, treated me like a broadcaster who just happens to be a woman from day one, um, the respect that they have shown me, the friendship, um, the acceptance, just just everything. So I, I definitely don't take that for granted because I know that that's not the case at every no. team. So I'm very grateful that these are the guys I get to cover. Well, you guys have a great organization, and as you, I'm sure you know, all the teams really work. Everyone always asks me, Do you, are you guys, you know, is, is Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, your rivals? Yeah. No, we're all friends. We work together. Yeah. You know, Laura Price to, yeah. you know, to Tom McGinnis to – Matt Cord, by the way, I'm going to break some news to you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. This is do, breaking, do we have like right? a sound breaking effect news. or something? Breaking, breaking news. news. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Yeah. So uh, Matt 
told me today uh, that he is married. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Just got married. He told me he didn't tell you. He forgot. He didn't see you. Congratulations, so Matt, Matt Cord. Matt Cord got married this weekend at his mom's house. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so next time you see him, you give can, him a big hug big, tonight. Give him a big hug, right? Hey, so, married man. And speaking of that, did you ever see? You ever see the video of Steph Curry? When Matt was doing his pregame introductions, right. yeah, Steph yeah, yeah. Curry was hanging right by the table, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he literally was staring at Matt, who's <laughs> one foot away. Yeah. And Matt, you know, he very, he emotes very much. And oh he, yeah, he's he getting does. up and down. He's doing this. Yeah, and they have it on video of Steph yeah. Curry just checking him out with this wry smile on his face. It's <laughs> going, man, look at this guy. <laughs> that's awesome. I haven't seen that, so I'll have to see it. But again, that's a, that's good a one. Steph has fun every day. He knows he knows how lucky he is to to be here doing that. And same with our Tyrese Max. Yeah. So yeah. Do you get a chance to come to many Philly? games when the season's over? Uh, well, a now couple. she is. Now I, she has. And now I feel like I have a hookup. Sure. So yeah, for I sure. look forward to hitting you guys up for But yeah, Ala and I have come to a game together the last couple oh, of good. summers. Oh, good. Uh, and then my first summer, my best friend flew out from California, and she's a huge baseball fan as well. So we took SEPTA down to the ballpark, and we ate our way <laughs> through the nine innings. We literally were like, okay, let's just walk nice. around and see everything. We got the we got the Sunday and the hat. We tried a bunch of different beers. We were, we were having a good time. I was off the clock, Kate, that night. Nice. It was great. You know what I see in the future, Tom? Go ahead. In the future, Uh-oh. I'm seeing this this vision of Kate's got shooting hot dogs with a fanatic. Oh, <laughs> I like that. What do you think? I, I yeah. am shooting in. hot dogs. Hey, we got to work fanatic. you in. I am the in show the hot dog sure. gun. I'm really sad we don't have one of those over at the Wells Fargo Center. The, the t-shirt gun is yeah. decent. It's very, yeah, the Gatling. But the, hot, but the hot dog the, gun. Yeah, it's all right. Another Kate. level. We got to work you into the show. <laughs> for all sure. right, and you do have two great contacts now. So that's true. At least one. I don't know which ones. <laughs> I just want to know how you guys got your titles because it, to, to get to... From avoiding work. Well, but still, exactly. I mean, people get asked what kind of title they want often, but they, they there's usually not the follow-through. Director of... Fun and games. games. Well, I gave my title to myself. So that's the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 30 years ago yeah. when I was at a radio show and, and I was doing radio hits and... They kept asking what my title is, and I had a boring muckety muck title. And I went back to my boss and said, "I need a new title. I, I need. I'm going to these radio stations. These DJs wearing flip flops and Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yep. I need something yeah. that, like, basically, they'll stop asking me what my title is. Mm-hmm. So we came up with it was either Vice President of Shenanigans, too much power up top, Shenanigans too long, <laughs> can't spell it on a card. Uh, you know, Manager Tom Foolery. I don't know if people know what Tom Foolery means. So we came up with Director of Funny Games, and it stuck. That's such a good one. And Tom. Hey, you know, I, I made a title of, of being a friend, of a mascot. Best friend. So, best know. friend. Best friend. So good. Best I, need, I need both of your business cards. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll give it to you before you leave. But you also have a chance not only to have ah, our business cards, not only to have our business cards, Kate, but to get a backstage Burgoyne and Brazier t-shirt, Ooh. as well as an autographed uh, Philly Fanatic picture, oh, wow. which sure. you, can, you can hang in the... Uh, in the TV booth. Okay. Is that is that a triple XL T-shirt of yours from 2007? <laughs> I know. Those giveaways. I mean, it's great to wow. get a T-shirt on like my Sixers, but they're always huge. You open and it, you're like no. 77ers. What? <laughs> well, we have a guy who sent me a bunch of T-shirts, and the good news is I'm really going low, and I've given out. We most of our guests are pretty big, so yeah. I've got. I've, I'm an outlier. You're perfect. So okay. okay. All right, but I'll you focus do. Then. You have to get six out of eight, out of eight. Oh, in order to qualify. All right. What if I what and if you I get one over. Tom doesn't know this quiz, so you do have one lifeline if you want to use Tom as a lifeline. I'm a terrible lifeline. He is, he is an absolute I'm a terrible <laughs> at trivia. Like, I'm truly this the person. It's about your life, though. It's about your life. Yeah, uh, you'll crush this. Okay. He is an atrocious uh, lifeline, but <laughs> Thanks, you can always use him. Thanks for the visit. Let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you really know. 
he might get grumpy if he can't stump you with Frazier's Quiz. All right, you mentioned you went to Clovis High School in Fresno County, mm-hmm. California. Which of these celebrities did not go to Clovis? Oh. So three went to Clovis. Okay. One did not. You got to okay. tell me which one did not. Okay. All right. Uh, a, former Philly Johnny Estrada. B, singer Billy Eilish. C, former NFL quarterback Daryl LaMonica. Yeah, yeah. And D, former pro soccer player and Olympian Chad McCarty. Oh, these are impressive. I wish she was an alum, but Billy Eilish, not a Clovis High Cougar like yours You truly. are correct. And yeah. I picked Billy Eilish only because I was watching uh, True Detective Night Country. <laughs> Do you, have you watched that? It's it's on the uh, to watch list. How is well, it? I've heard it's, it's weird. Very weird. It's, it's really yes, weird. It's it's basically like Twilight Zone meets the X Files. I mean, like, Billy Eilish music probably is it's, perfect. It's for Billy it, right? Eilish music is right. sets is the very beginning, Ooh, right, right, and it's right. very great. dark and it fit. Yes, it fits yeah. that. Yeah. That did uh, she go to high school? Didn't really. Uh, good question. <laughs> do you know that both of her parents yeah. were in Hollywood? So okay, yeah, uh, that's she right. might have gone to like performing arts. She would just like hang college. out in her bedroom and just write songs with yeah. her brother, right? So uh, my daughter's gonna be very impressed that I even. I know. I was yeah. gonna I say gotta... you're. You guys are taking the age <laughs> average We're of real this podcast down. Yeah. We'll Stay be talking about the Allman Brothers before the show's in, over. We've got a Billy Eilish breakdown. <laughs> he, he just mentioned <laughs> string cheese. And <laughs> so, I know. Yeah. And I, I even said so. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna catch so much heat because I said the string cheese incident. It's string cheese incident. Gotcha. Sorry about that. Okay, he, didn't, he didn't drop a fish yeah. or a dead. Right, case so. one no, for one. But we are going to go see, Tom and I next weekend are going to go see uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band yeah. with oh. Little Feet. Little Feet, so, who we love. That'll Atlantic City. Yeah. Right on. All right, you were one for one. Yes. All right, you mentioned you went to the University of California at Berkeley. <laughs> Which of these celebs did not go to Berkeley? Ooh, okay. that'd be a this lot is, of, yeah, So be four, three went yeah. to Berkeley, one did not. Be All right, Brian Hugh Warner, who is Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Natalie Coughlin, who's the multiple gold-winning Olympic swimmer. Yeah. Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple Inc. Yeah. And actor Gregory Peck. Yeah. Yeah. So, which one did not go to? It is A. Thankfully, Maryland did not <laughs> go to the <laughs> University Brian of California Berkeley. What's his real name? Yeah. Brian Hugh Warner. Did you Ooh. know his real name was? Uh... I did not, and I'm happy that I did <laughs> I not. <don't> <laughs> All right. And. Uh, that music could also be in Night yeah. Country. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but right. yeah, a lot of famous alums. Who oh, went to I Berkeley. had a lot to choose from. Yeah, because we do this. I do this for most of the Broncos. guests, and yeah. well, that's that's one of the ones. There was yeah. a lot. All right, in 2011. Now this is going to go into your. You have to bring back okay. your your memory here. In 2011, you served as a TV sideline reporter for the San Jose Earthquakes Ooh. in the MLS. Yeah. Which one of these guys was not a member of that team? Ooh. So three were a member of the team. <laughs> one a long time one, ago at soccer one, years. One, well, three were a member of this team. One was not. Okay. Uh, you might want to if you if you really don't know, this might be advisable to use Tom as your lifeline. <laughs> All right. Chris Wondolowski. Okay. Yeah. Kari Stevenson. Uh-huh. Jorge Valandria. Uh-huh. Valandia, uh-huh. Or Simon Dawkins. So Chris Wondolowski, Kari Stevenson, no, it was C. It Jorge Valandia. Yes, it was Jorge. Got it. That's yeah. our nice. assistant general manager. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think our assistant general manager was on the. Yeah, San no, Jose I don't think so either. I, I, but you know, <laughs> you never know. It's a soccer name. <laughs> it yes, is. It is. <laughs> three for three. Yes. How about that? Uh, all right. On. I need to do. Tri- uh, I, I need to just make it me trivia the next time I go to a bar and be like, "Hey, I know you guys had this whole thing planned. Right, 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 right. Could you just ask these questions?" Right, right, right. Quiz Thank no you. Uh, topic. All right, Forget on Seinfeld. We didn't exactly. talk about this. But we, we mentioned a little bit, alluded to it, but on International Women's Day on March eighth, two thousand and twenty, you were part of the first all-female broadcast crew for an NHL game. Yeah. It was the Blues versus Blackhawks, mm-hmm. and the Blues won two nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Who scored one of the two goals? Okay, who scored one of the two goals? Oh. Was it Ivan Barbashev? <laughs> was it Ryan O'Reilly? Was it Braden Shen? Assistant or was it Alex Petrangelo? Oh, I think it was so the was last it? two, but I know Shen scored one because I'm still pissed about my goal call on his first because oh. he yeah. had a rebound. I said no, and then there was a re- another rebound. I said no, and then I said Shen, and it was a bad angle, and he and I was so ready to drop the scores, <laughs> no, yeah. which would have been awesome. <laughs> and I couldn't tell if it went in, and they didn't light the lamp, oh. and I and I was like Shen, the first goal of the day. Oh, oh too bad, it was Braden Shen. Sorry, Braden. <laughs> <laughs> C plus on that goal call. Had a chance for an A plus, but that's another. Kids, don't let don't let fear keep you from doing what your don't gut's telling you to that's do. Right. Dive in. And by the way, uh, Tom knows this. I do play by play for one game in spring training yeah. on WBCB, one of our radio affiliates. So every year, someone gives me a line, or I'll come up with a line and do a totally over the top. To so three years ago, Reese Hoskins hit the ball, yeah. hit a home run. And I said, it's going, it's going, and put that baby to bed without a diaper. <laughs> so I took that from Will Farrell, who did it on uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning game. That's awesome. We so, burned those tapes after the game. Yes, game. And, it, so, and then uh, Ben, ben Davis gave out. me one yesterday <laughs> who said, uh, call that ball an Uber because that ball is hammered. Uh, <laughs> Are right. we going to get an answer yes. to the question? Well, it's actually, I had Alex <laughs> Petrangelo, but... Well, do you think Braden should? Maybe I'm wrong. No, Petrangelo scored the second goal. Okay. Yeah. Gonna, all right. Then you're four for four. Yeah. Yes. Your first NBA game calling play-by-play took place October 20th, 2021, Ooh, right? Yeah. Who was the opponent? <laughs> no clue. Who was the opponent? Absolutely no idea. Was it no, the, I told you I well, was blanked on it. Well, then now you're going to have to do it. Yeah. You have a 25% chance, right? Okay. But, okay. but the good news is you're four for four. Yeah. So was it the Brooklyn one. Nets, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Oklahoma City Thunder or the New York Knicks? So Ooh. the Nets, the Pelicans, the Thunder, or the Knicks? I think it's one of the first two, Tom. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> no thoughts. Lifeline? Left line? Uh, you, are, you are in the right track. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now I'm going to oh, say you have 50-50 go. chance. I'm going to say it was the Nets. Oh, the Pelicans. Oh. Oh. All right. Sorry. I think, I think right, you, you, okay. should, you should be fine. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Six. want that oversized T-shirt. You called some. <laughs> you called some uh, men's basketball games at the 2020 Summer Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which team won the silver medal that year? Maybe, maybe maybe you don't know. U.S. won the you know won yeah, it. Yeah. Who won the silver? Was it France? It was France. It was France. Yeah. yeah Australia, okay. Australia won. Yep. Won bronze. Yep. Yeah. There you go. All right. So now. Just have to get one of the two. Okay. All right. Here you we mentioned go. earlier you worked with Mike Golick. I did. As the play-by-play voice Mikey for Learfield College Football Saturday. And that sounds awesome because you went to different. Oh, we had so that, much That's a fun. dream. She went to every, all these great college stations. No, but, she went and to, here's the best thing. The reason they hired us is because they wanted us to have fun. The whole tagline was yeah, Saturdays right. are supposed to be fun. And there's So we were college football Saturday night because all the early games out here would end between 3 and 4. And then the West Coast. Games wouldn't start till seven, so there was always that like four to six p.m. Right. block on sports mm-hmm. radio stations during during college football season that were empty. So that was the void we filled. Oh, and truly, man. the producer Tom Bowman, who was the one who hired us, I thought he was crazy as well. Uh, he said, "I want you guys to have 
a blast. In like, a college make, town. Like, make, like it, make it so that people who don't care at all about this Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game in California stay in their car and want to listen to you. Yeah. So we'd be talking about fans. Mike is singing Sweet Caroline on the radio. And then we got we had four field rushes. It was just, we lucked into so many uh, awesome games. Does it games. amaze you how uh, ESPN College Game Day has become a Goliath? <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable. I mean, I remember waking up at 2 in the morning when Cal was at USC because I was there when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback at Cal and when yeah. they were good, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, that's when I was in college. And I remember we road trip down to L.A. and we woke up at our crappy hotel at 2 in the morning to go out there to get our signs to be behind yeah. it. And that was Man. 20 years right. ago. 20 years so. ago. And so I, I – uh, Let's see. Temple played Notre Dame football, and so they did want to. Usually, it's out in a rural, yeah. it's out on campus, but they did it right at Independence Hall, right uh, in front of the visitor yeah. center, in the visitor center building, uh, but then out on the lawn yeah. and um, in Philly, and they had the fanatic there doing the picks, the <laughs> yes. predictions. And I'm t- I was with the fanatic eight, but I'm well, telling you, friend I've, of right, I think from all the things I've hung out done stuff with the fanatic all these years i got more response from that so many people i'm like i couldn't believe all the people who saw that and this is the guy who's been on the goldbergs he's been on it's always sunny in philadelphia i'm telling you that but that got more reaction than i think anything it's how everybody wakes up on saturday morning across the nation i'm doing a college tour with my daughter this fall because she'll be a junior in high school of all those of all those towns you went into Mm -hmm. because i know you hit pretty much all the great ones yeah what was your favorite college Town, ooh, like the most fun. If you're going to go back to school and you have to go to one of those colleges, which which would be the most fun? Great question. That is, and it's so hard because they're so different. They fit, you know. First of all, they're so hard to get to. Like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is in the middle of nowhere. Athens, Georgia, middle of nowhere. My son's a junior at Oklahoma. That's Norman. It's a half hour south of Oklahoma, but you're still kind of. And we went to Stillwater. We went to Oak State when we were in Oklahoma. That's in the middle of nowhere. That was a pretty fun college town, though. And the cheese fries were pretty darn good. (laughs) Uh, We went to a game at Colorado, which is. Beautiful, sure. and oh, I know they got yeah. some run last year because Dion's coaching there at least for the moment. But yeah. Boulder, I don't know. I don't know how far west she's considering schools, but uh, she's pretty much looking at she's south. Next to yeah, south. Right. yeah. So uh, did you go to Knoxville. Uh, we did make it to Knoxville, and we were at Ole Miss as oh, well. So Ox- I, w- I went there last year for Oxford. football game. I love Oxford. It's, <laughs> I might go to grad school if she goes there. It's just so funny, the difference between uh, women dress up to go to games in the yeah, South. And I still remember because Tennessee yeah. played Cal when I was in, And they were like, you girls look like crap because <laughs> we were in jeans and, like, T-shirts. Right. Man, all, and all their girls are yeah, dressed up in checkered up. dresses oh, and stuff. You should see the sororities look like they're, like, yeah. these. Oh, yeah, it's like the White House. Huge, yes, yeah. exactly. It was right. slightly different University of Georgia, that's a great campus. Athens, yeah. right? We went there. Athens, I think. It was, yeah. So any of those you can't miss, right. especially there if you she likes sports. All right, well, Mike Golick threw us off here. So yeah. you worked with Mike Golick yeah, as a play-by-play voice for Learfield's. Well, it's our fault. I ducked into it. For Learfield's College Football Saturday Night, besides football, what other sport did Mike play in college? Oh. Did you know that off the top of your head? I should. You can be, you can be the lifeline. You haven't been used yet. Okay, okay. Was it lacrosse, mm-hmm. basketball, mm-hmm. wrestling, or track? Oh, no, it was wrestling. It was wrestling. Wrestling. Because nice, we, went, we went by the college or some wrestling hall of fame, and Mike was like, you guys want to know something? <laughs> Little known yes, fan. He was a good wrestler. Yes, he was a really a good wrestler. Really good wrestler. He was 24-4-1 in his career at yeah. Notre Dame. And his brother, Bob Golick, was yeah. phenomenal. Yep. Like, really good. And as you guys know, 
sometimes good wrestlers because of the leverage and the right. stuff you got to do with your hands make really good offensive linemen. Offensive linemen. Golik yeah. was or, awesome. Yeah, offensive linemen. Yeah. yeah, that's what he was. He yeah. was a defensive lineman, but offensive lineman. So yeah, Mikey right. G was on the, the right, other right. side. Well, I'm hoping him. He's down in Phoenix right now. I'm hoping to get him onto the Sixers Suns broadcast in March. We'll see if that oh, happens. Fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're still buddies. All right, you Kate qualified, has qualified for the T-shirt. But you have yeah. one last question. Oh, bonus question! Yeah, you're get seven eight. That's a great score. Seventy Sixers TV analyst Allah Abdel Nabi, mm-hmm. who uh, double A, yeah, big fun. He's, uh, you know, I, I've come around on Allah only because. Uh, for the mere reason he went to Duke, and <laughs> I went to UVA, so see it's, that's uh, the that's the main reason I don't like him because <laughs> I was one of the many kids who just you're hated not Duke alone. Uh, yeah, you're not alone. No. And, and he's anyone, a great guy. He's a great. And anyone you guys in, are the best. But anyone the in the thing. ACC, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you didn't yeah. go to Duke, you hate Duke. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I, I well, went. I went to Billy King's wedding and held my nose with because uh, it was every player that oh. I hated in college that was there. Oh. All right, so Allah, what city was Allah born in? Uh, he was born in Alexandria, Egypt. You got it. Mm-hmm. You got it. Look uh-huh. at that. You went listen, seven for eight right listen, there. Listen, I really love to get to know the people I work with, and I try to keep track of where I've been in the past. But, yeah, a lot of people point to me being, you know, one of the first women. Allah, the first Egyptian broadcaster in the yeah. NBA, and he had to grind to get here, too. Grind, he right, was yeah. calling games in Arabic in the Middle East and calling JV high school girls games. So he's a grinder, too. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. How about that? Did Little you know that? Another first. I did not know Everybody that. who Egyptian. waited an hour and 25 minutes into this podcast <laughs> gets that all a nugget. <laughs> Speaking of which, Kate, thanks. For, I know this is a busy day for you. You got the Sixers tonight. Yeah, thanks my for call coming sucks over. tonight. I'm just going to blame you guys. No, it well, was Well, you have an open invite to a Phillies game. Yep. Yes. We are yep. going to find a time for you to get on that four-wheeler with a fanatic <laughs> and shoot hot dogs. Mike. Give me a few more years, maybe, so fo- folks know who, who I am. <laughs> we'll, we'll give me a few more years to call no, it Sixers no, they know. You are. <laughs> they sure do. Uh, thanks, Kate. You're doing a great job. Really appreciate you Thank being you here. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, John, Thank we're going to sign off. Hey, everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in again this week, and we'll see you next time on Phillies Backstage.